Welcome to Maniacally Midwest, a true crime podcast. listeners welcome back to maniacally midwest it's me katie um this week it's going to be a solo performance um scheduling has kind of been hectic um there's a lot of stuff going on at chloe's house and i don't think that the holidays were super helpful in helping us get our s-h-i-t together And I just realized I spelled it because I'm trying to be a good mom and not say as many swears. (laughs) But anyways, um, yeah, so it's just going to be me this week. Uh, Mirza has refused to participate. Um, He's working anyway, so tonight wouldn't have been an option, but not a huge fan of it the last time we did it. So it's just me, Katie. (laughs) Anyways, we're going to jump right into it. Um, we are going to be in Indiana this week and specifically we're going to be in Muncie, Indiana. So Muncie is an incorporated city and the seat of Delaware County, Indiana. Previously, it was known as Bucongo Hillis. I want to say that that might be close to correct, but I'm not positive. Um, town and it was named after a legendary Delaware chief. It is located in east-central Indiana, about 50 miles northeast of Indianapolis, and the United States Census for 2020 reported that the city's population was 65,194. In looking for famous people from Muncie, I found Jim Davis, who is the creator and cartoonist of Garfield, one of my personal favorites with his lasagna. Um, also, there is George R. Dale, who is the editor of the Muncie Post Democrat, and he gained national attention <clears throat> for speaking out against the Ku Klux Klan. Another person from Muncie who is famous is Mary Jane Croft. She was an actress who was on the I Love Lucy show as Betty Ramsey. So, this week, I anticipate that it might be a little bit more compressed when there isn't kind of conversation going on. I'll try not to seem like I have multiple personalities. Um, I'll try to break it up and interject my own thoughts, but it feels weird. I don't love this, especially just recording. It feels like talking to an empty room of people, but Um, we wanted to make this happen for you guys that you weren't sitting, waiting, wondering where we are because we're still here. Things are just a little bit hectic right now and we're going to make it work while we can. Um, this week though, I did want to give a trigger warning. I try to every so often. Sometimes it slips my mind. Sometimes it doesn't. Every episode obviously includes violence as it's true crime, but this week could be especially triggering to you as it includes domestic violence and children. If that's too much for you, I get it. And if that's something that you need help with, you can always message or email us and we can refer you to some resources. 
So according to the National Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the following are rates that are reported of intimate partner violence. Approximately one in four women and one in seven men have experienced severe physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. About 18% of children of all ages have been exposed to physical intimate partner violence in their lifetime, or about 13.6 million children, which is mind-boggling. Also, approximately 3,500 to 4,000 children witness fatal family violence each year in the United States. Um, As I mentioned, if you or someone you know is struggling and you need to talk to someone or you need help, you can go to ctsafeconnect.org or call 888-774-2900. All their services are confidential, safe, free, and voluntary, and they are 24-7-365. Um, I believe that when I was doing research, I saw that they also have texting. You can call, you can text, you can email, you can do whatever you need to do. If you or anyone you know is struggling with this, know that there are options. I know that that can be really scary, but know that there are people out there who not will just help you, but want to get you help. It can feel really isolating and alone. But as we jump into it, um, things can get pretty out of hand pretty quickly. Um, And no one wants that for you. Okay, so Mary Grubb is 27 years old um, in 2020. Um, She has a two-year-old daughter, and she has an ex-boyfriend, Christopher Allison. Um, Thanksgiving was coming up, and a thing that I think a lot of people are familiar with is if you have a significant other who you're no longer together with and you share a child, it can be difficult. You want to do the right thing by your kid and not isolate your child from their other parent and so you kind of have to suck it up sometimes and I think holidays especially are a time when people do find themselves having to make concessions about who they're spending their time with so that their kids can have that opportunity to be around the other parent and that was the situation that Mary Grubb found herself in in the Thanksgiving time of 2020. Um, she decided that she was going to bring her daughter to her ex-boyfriend, Christopher Allison, who was 35 at the time. Um, so she brings her daughter over so that she can see her dad for the Thanksgiving season, and things escalate really, really quickly. Um, things get out of hand fast, and he ends up dragging her to a bathroom, um, this is all going on while the two-year-old is within earshot of them and Christopher is convinced that Mary was keeping their daughter from him on purpose and Mary had recently started seeing someone else and that also pissed him off so he dragged her into the bathroom and he began strangling her with his belt during this entire time while he's strangling her with his belt she does pass out 
at least twice. And he allows her to regain consciousness before he starts strangling her again. And throughout this whole thing, excuse me, throughout this whole thing, he's also reading her text messages off her phone between her and her new boyfriend. Um, It's just, it's a lot to think about that happening in and of itself. Oops, I don't know if you guys can hear Rocky snoring, but he's out for the night. Um, It's a lot to think about that in and of itself. But then when you also consider that their two-year-old is like right there. And if anyone has a two-year-old, wherever you are, they're pretty close by most of the time. Um, It's so upsetting. Um, During this entire altercation, she was not going to go away easily. He had scratches on his neck. She had broken his necklace. She fought him hard and until the end. And I mean, from a mom's perspective, there's you're fighting for your survival, but also a thing that has to be going on in the back of her mind while this is happening is, what does this mean for our kid? I this person is clearly unhinged. I don't know if I'm done. What happens next? So I think that while she fought for herself to keep herself alive, I think that she was also fighting for her child. Um, Ultimately, um, she lost this fight. And so he decides that he is going to cremate her he gets her in um in a pickup truck and he decides that he is going to wrap it up and put it in the truck bed he bleaches his bathroom down trying to conceal any kind of evidence from his home and he drove his uh, truck to a secluded area of a local park on North Old State Road 3. And he ended up leaving both the truck and her body there. So his intention was to ditch her body, make it seem like none of this ever happened, and he thought that he could. Um, when the police discovered her body in the pickup truck there at the uh, local park, he was in a different vehicle nearby. And you might be asking yourself, well, how did the police decide to look here, find him, find the body? How did they make these connections? Well, good old Chris is a dipshit, plain and simple. So after this all happened, he decided to tell someone about what he had done. He had gone and he had called Mary a bitch. I'm assuming he called her a bunch of other things. And he told this other person about how he murdered her. And he also had this other person dig holes for him. And the thing that he didn't count on is that this person that he was telling, this person who he was trying to wrap up into this crime by aiding him towards the end, had recorded his confessions and went to the police. 
And I don't know what motivated this person to come forward. I don't know if it was just out of pure morals. That could be. But also, Chris decided to threaten this person and say, if you say anything to anyone, I'm going to kill your family. I'm going to kill your wife. So I could also be like, well, screw you, dude. (laughs) What the hell is your problem? Maybe this, I mean, I'm assuming they were good enough friends that you would decide to divulge this information to them. But then maybe they would have just been fine if you pulled them into this whole shit show if you would have been pleasant instead of threatening them. I don't know. I don't know this person. I don't know what they're all about. But so he is arrested on Thanksgiving Day of 2020. And when he is initially arrested, he tries to deny all of this stuff going on. And then he is played back this recording that they had from the person he tried to pull into it. And then he's kind of a B and he's not going to be cooperative with the police. But at that point, they didn't really need that much from him anyways. And obviously, there is ample evidence. His intention was to cremate her body and bury the remains. Thankfully, he's an idiot. And that didn't happen. Um, I think there's another thing in all the true crime stuff that you watch and you read. There are a lot of people that think that a fire is going to hide evidence like a body. But in cremation process, they aren't like taking a dead person and throwing them in a bonfire. There's a reason that they're in those little oven things. The heat has to be so high and so intense for it to actually cause the cremation process to happen. And most people who think that they're going to torch a body and it's going to get rid of it are stupid because usually the temperatures are not high enough for long enough that that ever actually happens. I mean, thankfully he was caught prior to that, but he's an idiot anyways. I don't think he would have gotten rid of what he thought he was going to get rid of. Um, so Christopher is talking to his probation officer and this happens prior to the sentencing and the court case and everything. And when his probation officer had asked him about the crimes, this douchebag's response is shit happens. Which makes me want to kick him in the freaking head so hard. I, I can't even describe this. Um, <clears throat> so another part that happened during this little probation officer one-on-one. Um, he is giggling and all having a good time when he's talking to his PO. That he had a 71-year-old bunkmate in prison who tried to kill his wife with an extension cord and he wasn't strong enough. <laughs> and he's like laughing about that. Um, so in addition to strangling with the belt, he also was like stepping on her head. So it's not just the strangulation that she had as far as like marks on her body. She also has significant damage to her head from a boot 
basically pressing her skull into the bathroom floor because he's a piece of garbage. Um, he also self-reports that he's been abusing drugs and alcohol since the age of 13 and doing it until he was 35, which is obviously when he was arrested because he is now 37 in this year. Um, he also says that he was high on meth when he killed Mary. Um, but as far as he has reported to the courts, he does not feel that it would be at all necessary to be treated for drug use at this time. So, okay, initially he's charged with a whole laundry list of things. He's got intimidation of witness, uh, neglect of a child. Uh, it's a whole long list of things that he's been charged with. One of the things that's really confusing that he was charged with is attempted murder. So I don't know if that attempted murder charge was for the witness who recorded him. As far as I know, he didn't try to murder him. He threatened him. And that's where I think the intimidation falls in. But he pled guilty to murder to drop a bunch of the charges. Um, and so I really don't have any idea. And I looked to see what does that mean? Like why he would be charged with attempted murder when he very clearly murdered her um obstruction of justice was another one um so he pled guilty to murder and he obviously then is oh not just murder he pled guilty to murder and one count of neglect and endangering a dependent so the reason for that is because obviously his daughter was right there. Um, he ends up getting 60 years in murder and he ends up getting two years for the neglect charge. And these sentences are supposed to run consecutively. Um, I don't know. Let's see, how old is he? He's... 37 now he was just uh sentenced in the end of October maybe beginning of November I had it written down somewhere and I don't know where I wrote it because I cannot find it I can't find it in my notes or anything but um he was just sentenced so these are like brand new um he's 37 years old right now so with a 62 year sentence that's gonna make him 99 when he gets out, um, I tried to look and see. I, I was kind of careful. I didn't really want to find a name for their daughter just because I don't like it. If you can find out the names of these minors who are put in these crappy, crappy situations, um, but I, I was actually looking to see where she ended up getting placed. I couldn't find that information, but, you know, I think that we, as a society, 
there are a lot of things we're really, really touchy about and that we will let happen and we kind of... The thing that I think is funny is that, like, when I was a kid, I remember, like, you know, running around the neighborhood and basically there was this thought process of, like, everyone in the neighborhood was responsible for the neighborhood kids like we're a bunch of feral cats you know if you do something crappy that's going to get reported to your parents most likely but even in addition to it getting reported to your parents these other adults who live in the neighborhood are also going to handle you like you're their own kid and now I think people are really compartmentalized like I don't think I mean, I, obviously I have neighbors who are like my friends um, who would look out for my kids like that, but it's not the way the neighborhood runs isn't that same way anymore. They might harp and complain about something your kids do, but it's, it feels like less about caring about everyone as like a general community in a whole and more about like, I don't know, nitpicking each other, you know? And ironically, I mean, I'm not like that old. I'm a little bit old. I'm like partially old, not super old. But I I feel like for a really long time, especially even pre me being born, um, I think that domestic violence in a lot of forms people have turned their head away from as in like it's none of my business and I think that probably that is because it's it's two adults you know who are kind of interacting with each other um and I think that even though things have changed a lot since like the 50s or earlier when these kinds of things were a lot more acceptable This is something that kind of hasn't because the expectation is these are two adults who can handle themselves. You know, people are a lot more upset and will not tolerate, like, violence towards children. Like, I mean, getting spankings as a kid was something that was still acceptable when I was a child, you know, and now like some people get really weird about that. And I'm not trying to debate it, but this is something that has kind of like, people aren't looking to stick their nose in other people's business because there's not a kid involved. And I'm not saying that you should be sticking your nose in other people's business, but especially when it's a family dynamic, like in this case, there are a lot of people who maybe kind of saw the warning signs and they're like, "Eh, I'm not going to really get into it. But in this case, the violence that was directed towards another adult very much did impact this kid, even though she wasn't the one getting hit by her dad. But she was there seeing it, hearing it, whatever. And then in the end of it, her mom is gone. She doesn't have a mom. Her dad is also gone. So she has no parents anymore. I mean, I I hope to God that there are relatives 
who were able to take her in that are a safe, happy place for her. But, you know, I do think that it's easy to get wrapped up in our own lives and to the only way that we feel like it's acceptable to like look at other people is like on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook and look at all the nice things that they have or look at their home decor or look at this influencer and what they've all got. And I think the actual like seeing people thing is almost completely gone. We see entertainment we see like something to talk about something to look at but the actual like substance of human beings I feel like we completely miss now um I mean that being said I don't have experience with domestic violence I don't know if Chloe does I don't think she does But it's also not something, you know, that I use as an icebreaker to find out about people. Um, But, you know, if you are going through something that you feel like you don't know what to do or get out of, or you just need an ear to talk to, we're around. We have an email. We have DMs on Instagram. I like to joke a bunch. Uh, it's my coping mechanism for anything that's uncomfortable or sad. I will make a joke out of it. But um, it's really, really serious. And I think a lot of times it's easy to think like, okay, well, we'll get through the day. We'll get through this and it'll get better soon. Or I'll figure out a way. And there are a lot of cases and a lot of times where people thought that they had the time that they could get out of this. And I don't think that Mary went over there thinking that she wasn't going to see Thanksgiving day that year. Um, so like I said, I had that website at the beginning and that phone number, those are resources that you can use. Um, And we're always around. You deserve to feel safe. You deserve to be happy. No one has the right to put their hands on you. No one even has the right to get into your head and to screw with you that way. Because we're talking about physical violence in this case. But there are other ways to abuse people. There is also mental and emotional abuse. And those things are abuse as well. And I think that there's some people that say, you know, I'd rather get punched in the face than have someone emotionally and mentally abuse me because no one can see those scars. And I think it's all, it's all crappy. And a lot of the times I think the people we think about are women, but it does happen to men as well. It's not, it is not sexist. It happens to everyone. No one deserves to have that. But I did want to finish up on, well, not really a lighter note. Um, So I am a garbage human being. I'm a trash bag. I watch a lot of reality TV. I love 90 Day Fiance. I love Extreme Sisters. And I loves me some sister wives. 
So I recently started listening to this podcast um, by Ace and Caitlin Fanning. And then I discovered another podcast that Ace Fanning does called Beyond the Secret. Um, So Ace and Caitlin cover sister wives and that's how I kind of got into them because they say a bunch of rude and vulgar things about the family and I think it's funny because I am not a nice person. Anyways, this Beyond a Secret. So the whole concept of the show is everyone has a secret and so uh, he actually recently retired it. So I'm late. I'm late to the show. It's still on Spotify so I can listen to it. But there are no new ones. So he would have people who would submit their secrets. And then he reaches out to them and he does these on-the-air interviews with them and asking them about their secrets. I think that it's super interesting. It's probably not everyone's cup of tea. But there's like, I don't know. It's got a wide variety of what people's secrets are. And I think that it really speaks to like my inner nosy person because I'm like, ooh, hot gasp. I don't know any of these people. I He doesn't even know any of these people. But for some reason, I think the reason that I like it is I feel like I'm not supposed to know it. And that's where I think the draw is. But anyways, he did an episode at some point about would you rather and I loved it so I'm going to leave you with a would you rather and I'll give you my answer so this is let's say you have a terminal illness and there is a treatment for this terminal illness, but it has really crappy side effects. And if you continue on with this treatment, you would have five years left to live, but your quality of life would be like garbage. Or you could stop this treatment altogether and then you have six months left only to live, but you would have a really good quality of life. So I'll give you my answer first. Well, also, you can't talk back to me, so I guess it's only my answer. This is stressful. Chloe, I need you. Anyways, um, I would do, and the only reason I would do this is because I have two kids. And I'm thinking about myself today, right now, with like one and a half year old and a six year old. Um... I would probably do the treatment and have five years of life, even though if, if I was older and like, let's say my children were all grown up, I would probably pick the six months, but because I have such small children, I would want to have that time to me, it would be quantity rather over like over quality. And I would probably just lie straight through my teeth and take as many drugs as possible. Because I'm assuming like the low quality of life means like I'm in a lot of pain. But I would want for my kids to be as old as possible when I die. This one is also kind of morbid. So 
I guess that wasn't really a light note. But let me know which one you would rather. Well, I think that is about it that you're going to get out of me this week. I am glad that you guys are sticking it out with me. Sorry, this one was kind of a quick little one, but I also thought that the longer it is, if it's just me, the kind of more I'll be like, mur, 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 mur. so I don't know if this is going to be released by tomorrow, Friday. I'm hoping that it is. If it is, happy birthday to Chloe's daughter. And next week, Friday is my daughter's birthday. So, eh, friends. Anyways, we are so thankful that you guys listen to us. Um, thank you so much for sticking around. I know that it's kind of been like, okay, so what's going on with you guys? Um, again, I'm a people pleaser, so I feel like I haven't said anything because I'm always like, oh, okay, we're going to get it together. Something, This is going to work out. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I don't want to disappoint people. So I say nothing and then everyone's disappointed, including myself and everyone else around me. So you're welcome. But we appreciate you guys so much. Um, when you finish listening to this, if you guys can give us a rating and a review on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to us, we really, really appreciate it. It helps other people find us. And... You can check us out on Instagram at Maniacally Midwest. You can find us on TikTok at Maniacally Midwest. You can send us an email, maniaclymidwest at gmail.com with case requests. You can send us emails with your would you rather question because I got some real gross ones that I have found now since I've gotten into the would you rather game. Um, but yeah, we are so appreciative of you guys. Um, we are coming up. I'm going to have to double check and see. We are either coming up on or we've already hit our year anniversary. So we've been doing this for a year and it has been so much fun. I love putting together these cases and I love researching them. I love hearing about them. And I also love all the interaction that we get from everyone. It makes me feel really, really happy when someone loves an episode or when someone hates an episode <laughs> um, because I feel like there are ones where it's like, oh, I hate it. But like, I also didn't know about it. Um, but we super, super appreciate you guys. Um, and we can't wait for things to kind of even out and to be on a more regimented schedule um, but we are so appreciative and we love you guys. We'll see you next week. I hope we'll see you soon. We'll figure it out. Bye.